Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. We'd like to wrap 2020 with weekly live Q&A sessions here on the podcast. So after this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support this holiday season, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow. Two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us one conversation at a time. Here we go. Welcome, everyone. (laughs) We're here. We're so excited to talk with you all about ways that we can be interrupting these cycles of control, of power, of trauma, of oppression uh, that can be perpetuated through our parenting in the hardest moments, especially in those quote unquote discipline moments where we're like, they got to know, they got to stop, they got to be, they got to change. All those moments. I think right now in our, uh, our country's history going on, mm-hmm. it's really like leading at least me and so many folks in our community to think, what is our kids showing us and what don't we like about that? Mm-hmm. That seems very, very um, scary, worrisome, mm-hmm. <clears throat> aggressive, right? Yeah. Uh, racist. Um, terrible in general. Yeah. Right? Our kids, we're getting this feeling like our kids need to know that they can't. take over a building that they Mm -hmm. can't hurt people that they they can't can't walk all over people they can't be be doing these undemocratic i think we have to keep remembering that our family dynamic is not what's going on politically our family dynamic Mm -hmm. is different and that the focus right now should not be on our kids behaviors and how to shut that shit down because it's so scary about what it could mean for them triggering i think our focus needs to be on us as parents and thinking how can we sensitively support, create awareness, intention, and this daily practice that can raise a different human? Not react to what we're seeing with this little person in front of us, but respond in a way that creates lasting change for our child, for our family, and for the future of our country. Yeah. That's the idea here. I think that that first step is challenging those beliefs yeah. and getting a little bit educated about how kids learn best, right? 
Through fear? No. Through shame? No. Through consequences? No. Right? And then past those beliefs, thinking about our role, thinking about what our kids need to do, considering our expectations, all these things, we need to think about our actual approach. We've been given this big toolbox of control. Yay, you've become a parent. Here you go with consequences on my terms. Now, threats, rewards, overpower lectures. We always throw in shame and spanking and timeouts and all those things that, that we've been conditioned culturally to think are going to help teach our kid, to help mm-hmm. raise a child who is going to be responsible, um, compassionate, resilient, loving, uh, respectful, all of these <clears throat> things. So when our kids are throwing at us their normal stuff, big feelings, big words, mean, splashy behaviors, all of this stuff, it's so easy for us to be triggered and think, <gasps> They can't be that person. I don't want them to to grow up that way, right? Mm-hmm. So we click into this control-based toolbox and what everything we've been learning through all of our trainings, through a lot of research that's come out about child development and the ways we can interact and teach kids in a really like lasting way says the opposite, says that love and connection is going to get us there. And some firm boundaries, sure, right? Some loving, warm boundaries. Absolutely. The question is how? <laughs> I.e. our resist approach. I think folks are like, okay, I bought on. I know the control toolbox, not so hot. Doesn't feel good to me. Doesn't feel good to my kid. Doesn't seem to be, quote unquote, effective. Doesn't align with my personal, political, professional values, right? And so they're like, how? And that's why we talk about our resist approach, which is available to download on our website at upbringing.co. And it talks about these powers beyond control. And that's what all of these Q&As are about is saying, oh my God, it's so instinctual for us to respond in certain ways, mm-hmm. right? How can we be changing that up? How can we be challenging those beliefs? How can we be rewriting these, these responses and this approach little by little? So we'd love you guys to chime in with what's going on for you. What's happening mm-hmm. right now that you're struggling with? that's tricky, mm-hmm. um, where you're feeling like, oh, I want to bring in this control toolbox hardcore. But I also know about consent and respect and honoring their unique selves and wanting to, them to grow up and feel confident in who they are and aware of themselves and their needs and able to meet the needs of other people, right? Mm-hmm. I think in our minds, we're like, oh my gosh, people storming um, DC, like this is insane. These people need to be stopped. My child, when they do these child-related things need to be stopped. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to remember we have to build the skills and the awareness instead. We have to help. Those mm-hmm. people did not get any support as children. They were not, it wasn't one of those situations where it's like, oh, they just weren't controlled enough. They were controlled plenty, yeah. right? They needed self-awareness building. They needed skill building. They didn't get any of those things, not to excuse them at all, mm-hmm. but to say, this is what happens when they get no skill building, no self-awareness. Their parents didn't show respect, so they didn't teach respect. Mm-hmm. They didn't show compassion, so they didn't teach compassion. They didn't show communication, so they didn't teach communication. Yeah. That's the idea is that as parents, the way we teach is what kids learn, right? Love that. Let's start with this Q&A from uh, our DMs. I love your work and I've gotten my husband on board too. When we get it right, our four-year-old daughter responds and the whole situation de-escalates. That's awesome. Awesome. It's amazing. She has even come back to me later in the day to tell me if something hurt her feelings. Awesome. We don't always get it right, and I find myself at a loss of where to go. It sometimes looks like this. We've got to get your beautiful curls brushed. No. Why do you not like it? Because it hurts. How do you think we can get around that? By not brushing it. I love that answer. 
This leaves me at a complete loss. It's actually kind of funny, but we still have to get the hair brushed. <clears throat> Any suggestions? We said that we would try to connect mm. about that this live. Such a common, <clears throat> common stressor for us as parents to mm -hmm. keep our kids clean, their hair brushed, their teeth brushed, their nails trimmed. We have a responsibility, not just to mm -hmm. get those things done right now, but to feel like we're instilling these values, not mm -hmm. just the values, but the skills. Right. Are they gonna be unkempt, yucky looking, you know, dirty, <laughs> smelly humans? That's where our brains go. Yeah. And we're, when we're triggered in these moments when they resist us. Mm -hmm. And I think that what we try to focus on at upbringing is looking at our kids' resistance as the roadmap right? Within our kids' 10 freedoms that you can also download in addition to our resist approach is um, our kids' freedom to nourish. And that has to do with their hygiene uh, in a huge way and saying, how can we go about this in a sensitive support staff way that, that respects their autonomy, their consent, their individuality, and focuses more on the value and building a positive association around these things that we really want them to get into as opposed to over controlling or over dominating that thing, especially think, with the more challenging temperaments. I love that. I think with the hair brushing situation that this parent is struggling with mm -hmm. with their four-year-old, uh, I think that we often think it's a hygiene issue. So we've got to convince them why it's so important to do this hygiene situation, mm -hmm. brushing the knots out, right? Mm -hmm. Or we uh, have to convince them why it's uh, we feel this like pressure externally of like mm -hmm. what are people going to think and what are people going to do, but. Kelty and I love talking about an upbringing is founded on this basis of inside to outside, right? Mm -hmm. We th we want kids to decide from the inside. We're parenting from the inside out. Mm -hmm. We want to instill the, the awareness, the, the skills, right? Mm -hmm. All of that stuff from the from, with our child from the inside out. And I think that this is bottom line, a consent issue, yeah. right? Where this child is, for some reason, feeling like she's not consenting to getting her hair brushed because it hurts. Situation it hurts. So what's missing here? <clears throat> yeah, and I like that the parent is curious about this. Mm -hmm. Why not? We got to get this done. How come? Yeah. Tell me more. Mm -hmm. I love that. But then they're feeling this roadblock that we all feel when we're like, "But you've got a bunch of food in your braces," or "But your nails are scratching me when I pick you up." Mm -hmm. Like they have to be cut, right? And I think that one thing we do is focus on feel. Mm -hmm. How's it feeling to you? So brushing it doesn't feel good. How does it feel otherwise, right? So we talk about feel a lot. And what I else? think so much, but again, that that external expectation says our kids' hair needs to look a certain way over feeling a certain way. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, your kids, Kelsey, don't care how it looks. So you've decided mm -hmm. you don't care how it looks. It's yeah. about how it feels. That's the most important thing that's going to get them to do their hair over time, mm -hmm. right? And my kids really care about how it looks. And so when they had knots, we had to decide, with, well, you don't want the knots. Okay, what are we going to do? Yeah. How are we going to work through this? I think this? That's, the, that's the feeling. They said, just not brush it. And I think that the, that conversation is not the end. It's just the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I would say, I don't know. What else could we do? Could we check out on the internet and see if there are some sites that talk about really curly hair and how to make it less painful? Should we make not the topic of conversation getting your hair brushed, but how but getting your hair brushed painlessly mm -hmm. so or detangling so it doesn't feel so so painful could the pressure not be on the moment of brushing but be on how can we decondition like decondition and like mm -hmm. detangle this hair mm -hmm. you know could it not happen when they're tired at 6 p.m. at night and happen instead at 11 a.m. when they're doing pretty well mm -hmm. there's so many ways to innovate and experiment side by side with our kids through this stuff mm -hmm. and i think so much about it says that's when we need to be drilling down and telling them why and how and what. And instead we need to say, I'm side by side with you. I want you to question 
why you have a struggle around your body and your hygiene practices. Mm-hmm. I want to help you build the curiosity and the sense of security, the right. awareness, the skills to say, I'm struggling to meet this need of mine. I know I need to brush my teeth or I know I need to yeah. floss. I struggle flossing, for example. Mm-hmm. Instead of feeling shame or stress or anxiety, right? What do I need to do? Oh, maybe I need a show to put on while I'm doing it that makes it a little more fun. Maybe I need to have the flosser next to my, mm-hmm. you know, soap so it's right there for me to remember. That's what the work that we're doing is not the ultimate goal of getting our kids to brush the hair and get the knots out mm-hmm. when it's a four year old girl who is struggling with it, but to say, how can we help build the skills to get it done and so many other things over time? That's yeah. the long game that we're talking about. And I think about. that's that's the blessing of spirited kids that we've had yeah. is is that challenge. When they say no, mm-hmm. we get to say, okay, why not like this parent did, but we also get to innovate around it and remember that the real value is in not the skill building necessarily. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be 30-year-olds with knotted, dreadlocked if they don't want hair that's dirty and greasy. They're, well, they're not, yeah. right? Yeah. But in, but instead in building that value of mm-hmm. how is it feeling to you? How's it looking to you, the right? The, all the awareness around it that, that is bypassing mm-hmm. in a really good way, that external gaze that says, your hair looks naughty and I don't think that's good, right? Or look at everyone else's hair. Which is basically saying way. you look like <clears throat> a few pounds too heavy and I don't think that's good. Or right. you're wearing a shirt that's this length and I don't think that's good. And we want, we want to put aside all yeah. of those judgments, right? And saying your hair needs to be brushed because you have knots is a straight up judgment. So how can we be leaning in side by side with our kids? Mm-hmm. I would just recommend using the resist approach, getting curious, yeah. getting innovative, especially like you said, Han, outside the moment. Mm-hmm. Let's see, we've got a few questions here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good to see everyone. I know. Maggie says, I've been finding myself becoming more dysregulated post holidays, quarantine fatigue, Mm-hmm. I definitely am having to repair more than I'd like. I'm very transparent with my kids that I'm str- that uh, I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. Is this going to f them up? I'm visibly stressing every day. Oh, totally. We feel you. We hear you. Mm-hmm. We have definitely bottomed out post holidays. Yeah. We're, we're melting down. Where I'm like, I'm literally just can't stop crying. Like mm-hmm. I had a few a day the other day. I'm like, I don't know if this is hormones. I don't know if this is like wrapping up the pandemic and i had like i've had a couple rage episodes of being like just clean all this up what's going on and we talked last uh last episode about hannah hannah's daughter spearheading a song effort with my daughter about me being (laughs) out of control and they like performed this song and i was like right i'm out of control yeah Yeah, we're all there and i think that we don't want to be disingenuous to our kids up to a point because kids vibe with us Mm -hmm. they know what's going on they can sniff out anything because they were attached to us, right? Mm-hmm. We've got the interbrain connection, so we can sense when they're maybe struggling, and they can also sense just mm-hmm. as these little like super spongy humans what we're experiencing. So to say, then be like, ugh, and to be like, everything's fine, you know? Nope, I'm good. That's actually incredibly destabilizing. Yeah. So if we're struggling, we gotta own it. That doesn't mean we gotta like the allow all of it, mm-hmm. but it needs to say we we need to make some sort of acknowledgement which is actually very securing to children that is not fucking them up to say i am and i wouldn't say stressed i would just say i'm struggling right now Mm -hmm. i'm struggling in this moment or i'm I'm feeling some stress lately from a few things going on i'm a little overwhelmed today 
and, yeah. I, and I'm working on These it. These can be prime modeling moments yeah. for our kids mm -hmm. to learn that language, mm -hmm. which is so good. And I think yeah. <clears throat> when we're at our, I don't want to say worst because that's a judgment. When yeah. we're struggling the most, this leaning on the circle back is our biggest superpower. And there's nothing wrong with leaning on that circle back. It so, seems like you're worried about that, but the yeah. circle back isn't just an apology and a scapegoat and mm -hmm. an, and um, a sort of explanation, um, of what you did, but it's, it's saying I'm human and I'm going to try to do better. And here's a little bit of context mm -hmm. and I'm humanizing uh, these behaviors in a really important way. I think too, in the moment and outside the moment, in the mm -hmm. moment when we're saying, acknowledging, validating their, their spidey sense of, I'm struggling to support this situation, mm -hmm. this person, this day. Okay. Um, and later being like, I was struggling. It was hard. We have to be just super sensitive though, to never make it about what the kid did and Love who it. they are. So I just want to make sure that we're, we're making a, a, a note there to not say, when you did this, I was really struggling because they or, were, I'm struggling with all the messes you've made. Right. We have to be careful because kids uh, uh, really so easily and um, uh, uh, difficultly equate what they do with who they are. And so we don't want to be connecting those things and making them feel codependent, um, pleasery, stressed and anxious about meeting someone's needs all the time. We need to be um, their rock and that's not going to happen all the time and that's okay. So when we're not able to be their rock, we're like, great, but don't say it's because you're not enough. That's what we tell them in those moments accidentally. When we explain when you hit your brother, that's why I was struggling. That's how they interpret it. I messed up and yeah. I'm less worthy. So I want to keep lovable. it, keep that part general. Keep it general. When you were struggling earlier, I was struggling to support you. <laughs> I was struggling you. to support you and yeah. I'm sorry I couldn't be there. It would be like a boss taking responsibility or a CEO saying, oh, this thing happened and I take full responsibility. You're not making fucking excuses. You're not blaming the employees mm -hmm. for what happened at the higher tiers of your business, right? Mm -hmm. You're saying this happened. I struggled. She says, also, it. also, what are your thoughts on practicing quote unquote social skills with highly sensitive children? Do you feel like it's undermining <clears throat> their natural inclinations with social situations and that it's mm. better to circle back afterwards instead of practicing before? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that highly sensitive kids can do really well with preparation and post-processing. Mm -hmm. So that's great that you're considering both of those things with a highly sensitive child. I think you have to keep remembering that they are your roadmap. So if you go to, to to pre-process instead of post-process, right? You go to pre into preparation mode. So we're heading to this place and gosh, remember, you know, this last time or sometimes these things happen. I just wanted to make sure we feel prepared. All of that stuff is really good, but the way that they respond to it shows you roadmappy style. What could you be saying differently? Maybe you say less, maybe mm -hmm. you say, so we're going to the things, any thoughts mm -hmm. and you leave it open to them. Mm -hmm. Maybe you say, so we're going to the thing. What would help you? So maybe a sensitive child might not want to ever dwell in the fucking past because it's too shame-filled and stressful. And maybe it's all forward thinking because they mm -hmm. know, they remember what happened last time. So it's an experimentation process where you, you have to vibe and you have to know, oh, notice. Like a sensitive children call us to be as sensitive as they are. Yeah. Right. We can match their sensitivity in a, in a positive way yeah. when we're able. And then post-processing, remembering too, noticing, oh, they did not like how I post-processed this. Maybe I need yeah. to be more sensitive. Maybe I need to tell a story about me instead of review a story about them. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know how many of you have sensitive kids, but when they respond to your pre-processing or post-processing really negatively, they're not saying, don't ever talk to me about this again. They're saying, 
I need it talked about in a different way. Yeah, I'm I struggling with this approach. avenue. It's not wrong. It just needs to be altered a little bit. Yeah. Someone says, hi, ladies. How can I help my 19-month-old help to understand the importance of brushing her teeth? We tried everything, letting her brush first, sing, dance, prepping her in the shower. What comes next? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would. I just want to make sure there was no follow-up. Uh, it's so sad. I feel so sad for these people. It's really not. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Earlier. Their fault down at the root of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I would recommend what we were kind of talking about earlier in terms of hygiene, in terms of brushing hair, um, really thinking about this in terms of it's a long game, mm-hmm. in terms of how can I make this side by side, in terms of what are my goals? If my, is my ultimate goal to get the teeth brushed every day? No. Can we rewrite Those that? Those teeth are going to fall out. They'll be right? fine. You can limit the sugar so they don't get the cavities. Right. And there are these two things at play, the skill of brushing teeth on a routine twice a day at certain times, that would be ideal. And then there's the value, wanting to do it, getting why you do it, making it fun, feeling good about it. And I think that when resistance <clears throat> comes, we can often force that skill and we control around mm-hmm. that skill. And what we wanna be in doing instead is saying, ding, ding, I feel some resistance, I'm gonna switch modes into value building. Mm-hmm. Whether or not the teeth get brushed is not a big deal. And the goal then becomes creating a positive association, leaning into the process, trying it out, mm-hmm. giving it your best shot, innovating around the times of day, you brushing with them, finding fun ways to do it, all those things. And again, giving them more power and agency, mm-hmm. not just in choosing between two options yeah. and feeling manipulated, but in really taking ownership of their teeth, right? Mm-hmm. And you have that to experiment with because they have little teeth that are going to fall out. I've been yeah. reading Jen Sincero's um, You're a Badass Habits book, her most recent book, and I just love her so much. Mm-hmm. And she talks about these habits, and I swear to God, all of the like the key to habits as an adult, which we're all struggling to maintain, um, is about self-concept and about uh, self-awareness and about self-boundaries, right? And what that's the work we need to be doing to help kids with habits yeah. right now. It's not drilling them to do it every fucking time. It's about creating awareness and buy-in mm-hmm. and understanding of themselves and the needs. But, right? I, but I like that this person is letting her brush first, sing, dance, prepping her in the shower, mm-hmm. what comes next, all those things. Those are great. But don't live and die by whether the teeth get brushed. Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. And, and, and do not underestimate the power of modeling mm-hmm. in this, especially with a 19-month-old. They're like mm-hmm. basically just beginning to differentiate from you mm-hmm. as a human being. They're like, what? I'm not mom or dad. What? They're not me. What are you telling me? And right. I think that the more we can be brushing with them, the more we can say, oh, I have something in my teeth. Can you brush it out for me? Maybe I should go get the toothbrush. That is like... That's it's everything. Magical candy to them. That is That's it. all you need to do. Because, right? because especially with certain temperaments, the more we push, the more we show our agenda, yeah. the more we um, push that expectation for the mm-hmm. skill, the more we're undermining the value and ultimately the skill and behavior around mm-hmm. it. And I think last thing, remember nervous systems and mm-hmm. bodies. I think if a child is really struggling to t- touch the teeth, if it's not our approach, it might mm-hmm. really just be the, the physical sensation of having the teeth brushed. I don't know mm-hmm. if your child is naturally sensitive, if they have nervous system kind of sensitivity. Are they sensitive so, to tags or where the, the sock lines up or different fabrics or tightness of fabrics? I would also other consider stuff. their temperament, not just in resistance versus collaboration, but also in their, their nervous system saying, this feels weird to my body. It's too much sensory stimulation, too much mm-hmm. sensory input for me to handle. And so um, that's like a whole nother conversation, but something to consider where you could do it in small bits, 
or you could do it in a smaller thing, um, all of those things. I mean, some kids like literally putting lotion on it feels wrong to them because they touch them and they feel the wetness. Mm -hmm. Having a brush on their head can feel too intense. And it's not just the way you did it and they want to do it because they're a toddler. There's a sensory um, kind of experience yeah. at play for a lot of kids and they don't know how to say it. Like, oh, I'm highly sensory sensitive. Like they don't know how to say that. They just say, no, that feels wrong. I don't like that. Right. Or no more of that. Yeah. yeah. Someone says a lot of anger outbursts in language and tone that's disrespectful. My first impulse is to scold. Sure. And then we have another one that's connected. I'm not sure if it's the same person down here. Uh, that says it's here somewhere. <laughs> I'm struggling with free to speak. Okay. My three year old daughter or my three daughters throw around dumb, idiot, stupid all the time. Yeah. It feels constant. And I try to translate for them. My instinct is to say that's not nice. So I'd like mm -hmm. to, to kind of put these two together. Yeah. Love it. So let's talk about our freedoms and our free to speak real quick. Okay. I'm going to scroll back through. Free to speak says, and again, this is habit versus value, right? Kids are going to experiment with words. They're going to figure out the ways that, that um, words play in social engagements and personal expression, right? And bottom line, though, they're also going to use words to convey underlying needs, right? They're going to say, feel I'm uncomfortable. And then they're going to say, F you. They're going to feel I'm uncomfortable. I'm stressed or I'm overwhelmed. And they're going to say, you suck, right? So I don't know if the, the case is with this family that they're experimenting with words and just testing it out, or if they're like adopting these words and you're feeling like this is a habit I don't like. But I think that we, we want to go about it just like with everything in our kids' lives really sensitively if we can. <clears throat> we don't want to create, um, if we restrict a lot of things and over control, that can oftentimes like not just cause power struggles and lack of awareness and skill building and uh, relationship stress, but um, it, it just doesn't actually work. And, and so, think about the age appropriate like spectrum of expression from mm -hmm. baby on, right, Han? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I think that I would just, I would try to respond as neutrally as possible. And I think that if, if they're saying things that really offend you, then I would just say, oh, that's like, that's hard for me to hear. Or depending on the, the sensitivity of your kid, Kelty oh, would that. never say that because her kids would be like, you don't like hearing that? Oh, I'm going to amp it. She mm -hmm. would be like, I'm not, I'm pretending this isn't even happening. I'm going to watch my words. I'm going to watch what they're listening to. Or I'm going to go to the room and be like, how you doing? Are you okay? What's going on? And just focus on what's going on underneath. I think. Yeah. Um, but something that I was trying to hint to is basically oh, when our kids are babies <laughs> and they're crying, we're like, I'm all over that shit. I'm going to swish them. I'm going to give them the pacifier or I'm going to give them some milk or nurse them. Crying's okay. I'm going to swing them. Like they're yeah. just expressing what they need, right? And as our kids get older and older and older, somehow we get fooled into thinking that whatever their expression of that stress or those emotions or those feelings or those needs are becomes socially unacceptable. Mm -hmm. And it confuses us into thinking, must shut down. Mm -hmm. And I want to always be looking at any of these people who say, I'm struggling with the freedom to speak. <clears throat> I'm struggling with the harsh, mean words of my kid. And I want to mm -hmm. say, it's the same as a baby crying. Mm -hmm. They're needing something. They're struggling. And if we can reroute that impulse in our brain, we can detach a little. We can help them a little bit. We can do any of those things. And to believe, I love that, Kel, that it's connection, not correction, that is what's going to ultimately change from the, the ground up, root cause. And mm -hmm. I love that this person says, I struggle not to say that's not yeah. nice. And to focus on those those waves, that behavior, those symptoms, 
and and you're but you're trying really hard to translate and i think keep doing that keep saying i'm going to translate what's going on because when i translate what's going on a few things happen that you're modeling the words <clears throat> that you want them to say so you're frustrated that they took your toy or it's usually right? directed at each other they said so yeah <clears throat> you didn't it sounds uh, like you didn't when she's like she's a witch i'll never be friends with her right. you say it sounds like you didn't like it when she this right so you're so you're modeling the words you want and you're also creating awareness in the needs that they struggle to identify and express kids who say she's a mean bitch adults who say those types of things say them because they don't have the awareness to identify and communicate what happened. So that's the work that we're doing is saying, instead of just saying what you said is wrong, which is putting, what, putting a kibosh on the behavior, on what's visible, on the external. Right. That is also putting a kibosh on the internal and the internal is the key, right? To really changing yeah. things in a big way, not but just what they say, but how they feel. It's so counterintuitive for us to say yeah. when our kids are struggling, we talk about this every video and episode. When our kids struggle and they're saying mean things or mis, quote unquote misbehaving, how is it that we're supposed to really turn to them and say, what are you, how are you doing? What's going on? Are you okay? That sounds so permissive. That sounds so ludicrous to be focusing underneath and getting personal to, to them individually. We need to say, hey, there's this greater thing called society that I need you to <laughs> blend into. I need you to get along so that you can be an active member of it and a responsible person. But that's it's so cart, counterintuitive. But it's cart before the horse. Yeah. And again, we're back to inner versus outer, where, where our focus in the research and with upbringing is saying, focus on the internal. If kids understand themselves, they will manage themselves. Mm -hmm. If they understand themselves and manage themselves, they will understand other people and yeah. be able to manage other people. And I think a couple episodes ago, we talked about this in a metaphor of, we want our kids to tune in, mm -hmm. not tune out. Mm -hmm. Because we so often think, I need them to listen to me, that's tuning in. No, actually that's tuning out. Yeah. Tuning in is connecting to the underlying <clears throat> need to their inner wisdom and authority, is it's what we call it. Work. Yeah. It's doing the groundwork so that they're fucking legit as adults. They're not just like imposter syndrome, meeting everybody's needs and confused and messing up all the time. Yeah. Someone says, listening to you guys gives my inner child a big warm hug. It actually feels like it's healing her. Right. Oh, I love that. That's, that's the process of, of oh. growing up alongside our kids is healing those wounds, um, those traumas and, and getting to do that healing alongside our kids as we are liberating them. They're liberating us yeah. right back and we can both be free in that way. Yeah. Someone says hard to get six year old home from park, even with agreed upon plan. I empathize and connect, but eventually get frustrated because I need to go. Uh, we've been struggling with this daily yeah. um, or Monday through Thursday when uh, our kids need to split up to go to each of our houses. And they've like created a, a like a seriously like they are like today they were naked, four of them on the trampoline outside uh, holding hands and they wouldn't let go. And we were just like, what the <laughs> fuck? This is so wrong. Stop. And I, like, I kept wanting to go to incentives, consequences, lectures, overpower. Even right? like what felt like potentially natural consequences. We can't hang out like this if you guys can't separate. That's where our brains go to, at least in the, in the early stages, is mm -hmm. we can't spend time if you can't separate. Mm -hmm. But and that's I, false, too, because we need them to spend time. We're not actually going to stop them from Sometimes doing that. Sometimes the logical like explanation works. And then once you test that out, you're like, shit, what else do I have yeah. besides control? Oh, yes, I have connection. Mm -hmm. Gotta keep connecting. Do a thing where they're diving into my arms. Do a thing where whatever. Give them a few more seconds. Yeah. And then show them and just show a human thing. I 
meeting. Yeah. Meeting what I would really do yeah. with this kid who's having trouble leaving the park is bring it up outside the moment. So heat in the moment, so tricky because they're like, <clears throat> I just want to keep playing or I don't want to go home because this is what's next mm -hmm. and I can't verbalize that. So outside the moment, we say, I noticed lately we've had trouble right. leaving the park. What's going on? And see what they want to say. What are you needing? They're six. They can talk about it. Is it um, that you just kind of are in flow? Do you feel like, mm -hmm. you know, you could use a little bit more of a heads up of how long we'll be there? Is it that you feel like when you're interrupted in the middle of something, you want to finish it? Is it that what's next feels kind of stressful, whatever it is? Yeah. Coming home and the, the crazy dinner rush. What What is it? Help create that awareness. And not, so they and not in a pressure-filled way, no. but in a like, I'm just musing. I'm just yeah. throwing this out. What it's do you tricky. think? It's been tricky lately. I'm just, and I'm going to leave space to hear <clears throat> what you think. I'm not going to be it, like, so we can do this, 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 or this, but this mm -hmm. needs to change if we keep wanting to go, in, go mm -hmm. to the park or whatever. And I think the agreement that you've set up is wonderful. I think agreements are great. Kids will agree to anything to go play. So we have to remember that they've set up an agreement, but they can't always do it. And, that's, and that's okay. That's okay. It's not their fault. Right. And like you were going to say, it's not, can't, won't, it's can't. It's can't. They can't. Even though they agree to it, doesn't mean they can always uphold it. And so I think a six-year-old is a really tricky age because you're like, I used to be able to follow, mm -hmm. do the the um, <clears throat> uh, summarized step of our resistance. I'm going to wrestle them into the <clears throat> car seat or the stroller and right. Bob's I'm going to just uh, loving follow through rather and get them going. And now a six-year-old, oh, they're a little wily. They're fucking faster than me. They can climb fucking but high. Also, like, oh my God. But it's demanding us like all of these moments of resistance to up our game. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to think about ahead of time, those conversations. I was thinking once we, so we're going to play mm -hmm. and then what should we do when we get home? Or what's the song that we're going to play in the car? Or can you help me pack a snack that's going to be there when we get back in? Or we go in and engage <clears> with them. We play a little bit with them. And then we say, can you chase me to the car? Mm -hmm. Or um, you know, grandpa's really excited to FaceTime with us when we get home. And it doesn't have to all be incentive based. Like you're going to, you have to look forward to this thing, but it's connection based, mm -hmm. whatever it is. I think that when our kids resist, we have to keep remembering they need more agency or more information or connection. Mm -hmm. What are, what's missing? Something's missing. We're going to figure it out. We're going to test this out. It's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And then even if we are like, no screen time tonight and get them in the car that way. Mm -hmm. It's not ideal. We don't want to be training our kids to need incentives, motivation, mm -hmm. right? Consequences. So then you say, oh, I, I use screen time to help you get into the car tonight. I don't want to have to do that. What can we do? What or we you do? Could, or it could be natural like, consequences in a way that we do, which is, yeah. so what's the plan for the rest of the night? They're still like playing at the park. Okay, we go home. You um, do some coloring. You maybe watch a little show. Mm -hmm. um, we eat a little dinner. We take a bath. Um, we read some books. I'm just wondering <clears throat> at this point, are we going to have time for that show or are we going to have time for those books? I want to do those. I know you do too. So I'm just trying to balance time. Like this is the powers that be. This isn't me saying mm -hmm. must go. But a, a child, a six-year-old might be ignoring you at the playground. So sure. we have to understand what our six-year-old is needing. And all of that is like a, a test, a trial and error type situation, right? Yeah. What's next? Blair says, can you help me do better helping my five-year-old empathize? Mm -hmm. If I say, would you like it if your sister did that to you or treated you that way? And he will say yes, because he doesn't want to admit that what he did wasn't kind or right. Mm -hmm. Should I rephrase? Am I asking the wrong question to help? Mm -hmm. I totally get that. And yeah. uh, Ma Maggie chimed in and said, are you getting to the root of why your five-year-old is doing whatever they're doing? I think empathy is created when we empathize with them and modeling. 
-hmm. And Blair says, thank you for giving examples of your lives with your kids. It's so, so helpful to hear those. Yeah, oh my absolutely. Gosh. Yes. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> I think that immediately when our kid does something that we don't love, we immediately want to say, how does it feel when that happens to you? Right. Or we want to Would focus on the, that. We want to focus on the impact with that person, or mm -hmm. we want to turn the lens on them to reflect on how they would That's feel. That's how we, That's we so believe like teaching happens is either saying, "Look at this impact," I'm gonna mm -hmm. focus on that, or "Look at the what impact if that was on you, you if 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 you did that." Mm -hmm. And all of that, especially with sensitive kids, let alone kids in general, can really create a kind of fragility and defensiveness that prevents them from learning. Yeah, right? and I think that we don't want to force hard. empathy. We can't say. You need to empathize with that person who you did this to. That's not how we create empathy. How you we can't create, control empathy. You can't control empathy. <laughs> yeah. We have to just show empathy, right? Or we have to just wonder. So instead of saying, how would you feel if this, and this has come up with our kids so many times where I say, oh my gosh, I remember this one time. So we're basically doing the exact same thing and reflecting without the pressure point of, how would you like on it go on their sense of worthiness and lovability right, right. so oh I've, I've thought about a couple times that you've gotten bopped on the head too that was hard huh and sometimes they're still like no it wasn't hard and i'm like okay i'm gonna redirect that a little bit and just say seemed like you guys were struggling or when you said that she kind of cried she seemed like she was struggling from hearing that so we're basically trying to be the neutral support staff that is just Theater. sports casting and reflecting what we see with no judgment at all. And I think everything we've been conditioned to believe about our job as parents is to show that judgment, is to say, that was bad. I love you, but ugh. Or did you see them? They were so sad. Shamey, 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 right? Like, oh my gosh, it's but just, it's infused in our beings. It really is. But the research shows that kids learn best when they feel a secure attachment to us, when mm -hmm. they feel security in general. Right. So I think that's why criticism is so hard. We're like, oh, our culture on Instagram or wherever else is like, don't call out, call in. When you mm -hmm. call in someone, they're way more able to uh, actually approach the situation that they participated in. Analyze think of their ways behavior. They do better. Calling out is creates immediate defensiveness. And so we don't want to be starting that cycle with yeah, our kids we don't, by calling out. We don't want to put our kids on their heels and say, how would you feel? Even in the most loving way, if this happened. The amount of learning can't happen with a call out that it can happen with a call in. Mm -hmm. We're that safe place to say, I understand the impulse. I'm honoring that. Stop impulse. touching my mic. Sorry. <laughs> that you have. I get it. So what was the impact? What could happen differently next time? I'm creating security and not, around this not situation. Not what was the impact? I'm testing you, but no. I noticed this impact. Did you notice it? Yeah. I mean, so chill here. We're side by side. We're on the same team. I just noticed this thing. I'm just floating it out there. What would you, you want like up? the ideal coach as an adult? I've been thinking about this lately with like yeah. business stuff. I'm like, what would I want my ideal coach to say when they look at my taxes and like my like my business keeping? Yeah, like, or a parent or a I don't even know the word to it. Like parent, grandparent, yeah. teacher, coach, authority figure. How would we want to be handled in that way? Even today you were on the phone talking with um, your kid's doctor about something. And I was like, I feel like she could have been a little more chill saying, I'm a little concerned about this, or this mm -hmm. might be concerning, we'll see. Can we just all be adopting that neutral, <laughs> I'm like, that, I know, that neutral voice yeah. to not say, oh, that, or we need to fix that, or you that, need to do that. That creates but, distance, right? Yeah. Negativity creates distance. Judgment. Judgment, separation, yeah. a lack of learning, yeah. a protection. When you have, when you're protected, you can't learn, you can't grow, you can't connect. Yeah. And that's the opposite of what we want to be cultivating with our kids. We want to say, 
I want to connect with you. I want you to grow. I want to, to, to feel like we're, we're building something yeah. together. And that depends on us creating a safe psychological space when we're able. And that depends on us being self-regulated and mm -hmm. having the belief that everything our kids is doing is normal, natural, necessary, mm -hmm. at their own pace, deciding to, against all of our impulses, meet them where they are right now and not be like, well, my other kid this, or this other kid that I saw this, or these Instagram photos I saw of someone's perfect life this, but saying, this child I see in front of me is needing something, and I'm gonna try to get to the bottom of that, and I'm gonna create a healthy boundary system for myself when I can't, and when mm -hmm. I'm struggling, and it's gonna be okay, this is not an emergency. I think with the sibling situation, God, we want their relationship to be so perfect, and yeah. we talk about this in our sibling conflict guide, which is available on our website, for download where, and we also have, I think, a uh, helpful mantras and phrasing mm -hmm. also available <clears throat> where we have just so much pressure, where we want them to learn, we want to teach in the moment, but that puts a lot of pressure on them to actually not learn, to feel stress about who they are and what their attachment with us is. So we want to be super careful. This isn't some like um, coach they've hired to support them as a six-year-old. This is an attachment figure who their response says a lot about their worth, their value, their um, lovability, all these things. So we have to be careful how we respond as their parent with the limits, but also doing it in a loving way where they can feel safe enough to move forward and to build those skills. Love it. Someone says <clears throat> their kid is sensitive. She picks up on my everything I feel, hates clothes. She could play with water naked all day. Interested, <laughs> interesting perspective. Thank you. And someone else had followed up and said, what did you say mm -hmm. after you have the inevitable blow up? Mm -hmm. How do you apologize? Three-year-old, um, and one-year-old at home and someone else had said, what do we do with the trampoline? When the kids were all like <laughs> hooked arms and wouldn't separate. What do we do? Oh my gosh. Like I, we want to go into like crazy incentive mode. And I think like today I was like, okay, we're going into next move mode. <clears throat> so I said, um, it was three 30 at that point and they were getting all their wiggles out. So it was like, all of that's great. Even though it's like going into our work time or our parenting time, like it's all good. Mm -hmm. But I said, who uh, like of your kids i said who would like to choose the 20 minute show that you're going to watch jump in the house and do it and it wasn't mm -hmm. like if you get in the house you get to do this or said, if you don't go in the house you can't watch right i just said whoever gets in the house gets to choose these things come on in and your son ran in so mm. that was one down we had three left to motivate and figure out how to. i was like with. doing dishes in the house so i don't know this <laughs> yeah, then, <laughs> Um, so my kids were just like still bouncing around insane on the trampoline. And I think, I don't know what Alex did, my husband, to get Laszlo, my son, in the car. Um, but he probably was just like, well, we can move forward and do our 20 minute show at home too. Like reminding them and cueing them about what's next. And we might mm -hmm. not have time. That's a natural consequence, not a threat. It's saying we won't have time before dinner. Like if we can't move through these things, mm -hmm. I know you love that. And doing it in a connected side-by-side -side way, like being like, oh. Like we've got this thing at home. Do you mm -hmm. want to do this? Do you want to stay here? It's up to you. And he was like, I'm in the car and did it. Yeah. Same with any. So both the boys left. The girls were left. They were holding hands, just like jump and jump and jump together. Um, I'm so excited then, to hear this. And then at there. one point, um, Wilder, Kelty's daughter said, Roy, I think it's time that we, that you went home. And Roy was like, no, we'll stay here like all day. We're doing this. We're like soul sisters in this resistance. And Wilder was like, no, like, I think it would be better. Like she'd done the work. She'd thought 
like I think oftentimes we think that our kids aren't paying attention and they're not noticing things. They don't hear us when they're ignoring us. They're hearing us. all the yeah. things. And I think especially because I really worked so hard on not talking, 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 and inundating with information and saying, I'm going to speak a few times and they're going to pay attention to those times. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to blast them with information and needs and all Nag. these things and make them want to tune me out. I'm going to mention twice and they're going to tune me in. And I'm going to hold space and be kind and approachable about it. Not like, don't you dare, right? Mm-hmm. And Wilder picked up on that. And my daughter wasn't able to. So Wilder jumped off, went home with um, your husband, Kel. And, and then Roy was like, okay. And yeah, my husband not, did a not, jumping thing where she was. he was like, can you jump three times and jump into I my saw arms? Catch her. And he, she like jumped nude, just like did a full like monkey grab. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it worked and it was okay. And nobody had to be taken off the trampoline against their will, creating a negative association, which has to happen sometimes. Sure. But we were able to work it at 3.30, 4 p.m. It worked. No one cares about time. Um, Someone says, what do you say after you have the inevitable blow up? How do you apologize, three-year-old and one-year-old at home? We talked about this a little bit earlier in the episode. I just reread this, but we circle back. So we have the blow up in the trust step of the resist approach. We can come back when everyone's calm and feeling good and say, oh, earlier you were struggling about this thing. I was struggling to support you. I'm so sorry I yelled. How did you feel? And then just shut the fuck up for like as long as you possibly can and see what they say, see how it comes out. And then say, yeah, I was trying to take some deep breaths and it was hard for me. I'm going to find a way next time. Yeah. I think oftentimes we're like, we feel like the doormat. So we're like, I'm not going to plan for next time. The onus is on my three-year-old. But Just don't do that next time and I won't blow up at you. Right, it's our instinct. Our kids can't do that. They're not supposed to do that. It's on us. We're the ones in power. We've got the privilege. We've got the responsibility. Yeah. We have to show them. I didn't show up that way. I'm sorry. I'm working to understand you. I would love to understand you. Yeah. Let's do this again. Let's try again next time. Let's start fresh. We talk about starting fresh. We talk about next time. Yeah. We did a you post know? yesterday, I think, on Instagram about kids' top responsibilities and how we've been conditioned to think that they're to respect us or articulate their needs or fill our expectations um, or all these things. Mm-hmm. And really, they just need to do what they need to do. And that is the biggest reckoning that we've ever had in our parenting is realizing that everything our kids do is for a reason and is okay and that it's not on them to change it's on us and not in a permissive way but in a way of rerouting our impulses our approach Mm -hmm. our boundaries and trying to communicate communicate it as lovingly as we possibly can remembering the power and privilege of our attachment right Mm -hmm. this isn't a relationship our relationship with our kids isn't how we are with a neighbor a co-worker a partner Mm -hmm. even it's a, with a child that we have incredible power over and attachment dependency over. So we yeah. have to remember how much um, our responses uh, affect them, what the impact is on our attachment. We could go on this for a long time, but just creating yeah. awareness of being like, wow, I don't want to be too hardcore. Wow, I don't want to be too um, reactive and immediate. Right? Yeah. I want to lean in and consider those things. I might be needing to help in there. Oh, I have to go home in like three minutes. But someone says, I have a dear friend who's struggling with her daughter saying things so hurtful to her. I don't want to be with you. I want to be with daddy, grandma, et cetera, almost five years old. I sent her this post. She's on Instagram much. I know it's not personal, but she's having such a hard time, uh, time with it. Mm -hmm. It's, that is so hard. I think, um, yeah, almost five year old. 
kids code switching <clears throat> between parents. I, I think this uh, recommend, please, our free to feel episode. Mm -hmm. So within our 10 freedoms, free to feel is um, something that says our kids are allowed to feel anything they want. And we've been conditioned to say some feelings are okay, some feelings are not okay. Or some words are okay, some words are not okay. Some behaviors are okay, some be like not okay. Um, and we really want to be saying any feeling. You want you want a daddy. Oh, okay. Mm. What did you want about him? Yes. Or you wanted to be with me longer. I hear you. Mm -hmm. Tell me yeah. more. Tell me more about that. You we don't, know, you we know don't how have you to feel about that. We don't have to fix it. We don't have to change it. We don't. Nothing logistical has to shift. All we have to do is shift our own internal compass mm -hmm. from fixing, deflecting, distracting, rejecting what our kids are feeling because it's uncomfortable for us. It's really mm -hmm. hard, right? Yeah. I wish we could stay longer on all of this. Yeah, we've got to go. Two minutes to do bedtime. We're a little bit behind um, tonight. Love and logic. We'll get back to you or DM us and we'll yeah. bring it up next time. Um, yeah. Anyone we missed tonight, please shoot us a little DM and we'll. We'll try to get someone's trying to... Betty, you want to be on our video? Yeah. I wish we could. We got to head out right now. Yeah, so. we'll be back on Tuesday and we'll be um, getting getting uh, back to things on, on uh, through yeah. DMs. So shoot us something if, logic. if you're going through it. Send us stuff. Yeah. Yes. Um, all right. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for trying to practice powers beyond control in your parenting, trying to interrupt these cycles. Thank you mm -hmm. so much too. Mm -hmm. um, um, of our own childhoods, of our cultural conditioning, of all of these things that, that are not helping our greater society or our families and ourselves in the moment. We can do it differently and we're yeah. with you on this, like practicing every day. There's no wrong way to do this. It's just yeah. failing forward in this beautiful, funny, like sad, funny, sad way where we're just yeah. going to keep going and support each other. Like yeah. seriously, we are, we're here for you. We're all in this together. It's really yeah. the practice. It's like, there's no, we talk about it not being a, a, like a staircase where you're like up two steps, back five steps because I yelled or something, time out, or they no, hit no, each no, other no, no, or no. whatever happened. No, it is a river. It's always flowing. We're moving, we're growing up alongside our kids and each other. So someone says, Thank you both for your time. Always so grateful for you both. Your advice and podcasts have been huge for me lately. Thank you. Thank you all too. We're, we're really grateful to be here and to have this time and privileged to be talking about these things. Um, sorry if we didn't mention that early enough that um, we're quite privileged yeah. women who get to think about this and work on it. It's And it's huge. our responsibility to do that, not just for us and for our families, yeah. but for greater society. Like the work is here, we're doing it. Yeah. Show up and grow up. That's the that's the thing. Yeah. Let's Thanks for this. being here. We'll see you all on Tuesday. This will be on the podcast on Monday.